Hello, Pastor Lisa Bates Froyland here from Redeemer Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to our third season of the Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives podcast. The first two seasons used an interview format to explore the pandemic lives of several wonderful people connected to the ministry of our small, diverse, and mighty city congregation. This season, we wanted to offer a more portable way to take in the weekly preaching and music at Redeemer. Listen, as I do, to tons of podcasts while driving, walking my dog Titus, folding laundry, washing dishes. You get the picture. For the fall months of 2022, join us for our series, Peter, Paul, and Mary, as we follow the scriptural impact of three early Christian figures, Peter the Rock, Paul the Pen, and Mary Magdalene, the Tower of Our Faith Tradition. There is a narrative arc to these three months and perhaps some surprising twists and turns along the way, leading us to deeper questions about the decisions that were made along the way that have left us with the church in its current form. Not only that, but perhaps in these past leaders, we might see a way forward. And now, here's the sermon. So these, there are a few stories in our Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that appear in all four. G- the Peter's denial of Jesus is one of those stories that appears in all four. That at that critical time, when Jesus is arrested, he gets asked three times, aren't you connected to Jesus? No, no, no. How do you think Peter felt at that moment when the cock crowed and he had the realization of what he had done? Kind of unconsciously, kind of consciously, was it a choice? Did it just happen? In three of the Gospels, it says he wept when he realized what he had done that he had denied being connected to Jesus. In two out of the three, it says he wept bitterly. In John, it does not talk about the internal, what was going on with Peter in that moment. And the other thing that's unique about the book of John is the story that Mike read to you about the breakfast on the beach. That doesn't appear in any of the other Gospels. And so I'm giving you a little bit, you know, we're in part of a series right now. This is week two of our Peter uh, series. We're going Peter, Paul, and then Mary, Mary Magdalene, in the month of November. This is week two on Peter. Remember, as you carry this all the way through, that chapter 21 is unique. And this story about the breakfast on the beach happens only here. Why? There are echoes here. The gospel writer of John is particularly poetic, and so there are echoes of several of the things that happened on that fateful night when Peter denied Christ three times. Did you notice? A charcoal fire both times. Three questions are asked. But there are enhancements There are enhancements when we come to the beach for breakfast. The charcoal fire isn't just warming people up, it's cooking food. 
is going to have a meal um, together that they will all share. Do you know Jesus becomes, do you love me? The words of Jesus. So knowing gets enhanced to love. And follow me from much earlier becomes follow my lead. I think we all have a fascination with human brokenness. I remember when we had a senior Bible study, sometimes I needed to coax them to cross the room from where they were having coffee and pastries to come join me for Bible study. So I would say, come and learn about the movement of God in your lives. Still drinking coffee, still eating pastries. Come and hear a fascinating story about when Jesus healed the person with leprosy. Mm, Still want to stay and talk over the news. Come, let's talk about demons and the devil. (laughs) Come charging over. I don't know what it is. There's just a human fascination with the the dark hearts of um, the demons and sometimes the demons inside. So if there's a fascination with human brokenness, however, there's transformation possible when we take greater notice of really what Jesus is up to in our lives and what Jesus is up to in the lives of those we read about in Scripture. The movement of God in your life is a fascinating thing to behold if we just take the time to notice. This is a story today about forgiveness and there's an enhancement to the forgiveness as well many of us anybody who's had a relationship with another person of any kind knows that sometimes we hurt one another intentionally or unintentionally and there's the need for forgiveness some of us long with all of our hearts to hear the words i'm sorry for what happened and what i did And a lot of times, those words do not happen. They do not happen. So if you're waiting and relying on hearing that in order for something to happen in you, don't wait for that. We have the resources of faith to allow that process of forgiveness to happen because of the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. Likewise, sometimes we never get to hear the words spoken right to our faces, I forgive you. And sometimes we long for that, for healing as well. Jesus doesn't look at Peter and say, I forgive you for denying me. It's not that blatant. But it is clearly happening here. It happens over breakfast. The forgiveness is implied because Jesus is moving on. And Jesus is inviting Simon Peter to move on in leadership to keep spreading the good news. The healing comes every time Peter says, I love you, Jesus. You know that I love you. I love you. The healing happens with each of those proclamations. The moving on is the charge that Jesus gives in the moment in response to those healing words of love. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. 
So Peter is not rewarded for some great performance as a disciple, but he is entrusted if he can fully accept the forgiveness to be able to move on. And my goodness, move on he does. As we get into the book of Acts, we see him at work spreading the good news, healing people, and starting the formation of groups, communities of faith that will eventually become church. So again, I gave you an Old Testament reading in the beginning to enlighten what we're doing here. And today it was the story of Solomon and what he asked for from God in a dream. So King Solomon um, asks for wisdom, asks to lead with a discernment of what is good and what is evil. Leadership at that point in the life of the people of faith, they've chosen rulers, they've chosen kings, and so wise discernment is what needs to happen because at that point they are making decisions for the people and doling out rewards and punishments. Just like last week, there's a shift to what form of spiritual leadership is called for. With Jesus and the beginnings of what would become the Christian church, leadership becomes about provision, providing, and protection. Watching over and coming alongside like a shepherd. No longer a king, but a shepherd, a shepherd of a flock. And as disciples of Jesus, there are times when any one of us can take on that role of shepherd. We are shepherds in our households. Sometimes we are shepherds among our friends. Sometimes we are shepherds in our workplace. And also, there is the role, if you choose to be in a community of faith, of something like a pastor. And this is very rare for me to preach about the role of pastor, um, but it kind of started early this morning when I was taking Carter to church with me and she asked, why are you a pastor? <laughs> so it's been on my mind already. Did you know that the word pastor derives from the Latin noun pastor, which means shepherd, and comes from a verb as well, an action word, to lead to pasture, to set to grazing, to cause to eat. Feed, tend, feed some more. So as a community of faith, one that has chosen the Christian flock life, when that is not really the norm in this country anymore, means that you have a pastor who is charged with guidance and providing and tending. On Sunday, it's the preaching and the teaching so that all of us may go out into the field and pastor and share the good news with others. But then there are these critical times, these times between life and death, when if you are in a community of faith and you so choose, you can call a pastor to be in the role of Jesus Christ invited in as one who is trusted to accompany you in those tough moments. That just happened this week, and so that's why I bring it up today. On Tuesday, Rachel, great with child, was carrying breach, which meant that the a delivery of that baby was going to be quite dangerous. 
And so they tried an attempt to turn the baby within her womb earlier in that day. And when that happened, um, her waters broke, and then they knew they needed to do an emergency C-section. They were sending me texts all along the way. I felt honored and privileged to be a part of the unfolding story, and I was praying mightily. And when I came out and was able to see the text of the good news that the baby had been born safely and was healthy, and mom healthy too, there was great rejoicing. And then there was the invitation, come to the hospital, bless the baby, make the sign of the cross as a sign of God's eternal love for Hank. Then on Friday, the flip side, to sit in the waiting room with Judy as Bill lie on the surgeon's table, and when there were complications, and he flatlined for a moment, he experienced a temporary death of a sort, and we were in that difficult moment together, praying, praying hard, and the surgeons were able to restore life to Bill, and he was up and speaking yesterday. Praise be to God. What I want to point out with these stories is a different kind of leadership and the deep kind of trust that's necessary when we live as a flock together with a pastor. The deep integrity that that requires for me, the stability, the acknowledgement that I am not perfect, nor is any other pastor, but that a pastor that's called to the humble tasks, the loving tasks, and invited into the difficult moments that a family or any individual might experience, bringing the kind of love that Jesus brought to the moment of forgiveness with Peter. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Tend my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. That is the charge. That is the charge. This flock and others acknowledge the worthiness of this way of living out our faith, fed and tended so that we all may carry the message of Jesus wherever we go, and that Jesus forgives even when we've denied him, maybe for years, and when we have violated his trust. Jesus urges us to move on after such a breach, repeating again, did you notice, the very same words that Jesus used when he called Peter in the first place by the Sea of Galilee, follow me. Here it comes again at the end of this story, follow me, like follow me again. So yes, be like Solomon, asking God for wisdom and discernment more than worldly riches, and follow Jesus as Jesus leads us all through our difficulties, Follow Jesus who offers himself as nourishment in this meal, whose purpose is forgiveness. Follow Jesus out of shame and into holy purpose. Follow Jesus in the difficult work of feeding and tending whatever flock has been assigned to you. And perhaps most difficult for individualistic Americans like ourselves Follow Jesus in the difficult work of being a sheep in the flock, led and guided, not just by a pastor, but more truly by
by one who is greater than any of us, one God who became known to us in flesh and blood as Jesus Christ, rippling through our lives of the Holy Spirit and speaking even today, follow me. Amen. This song is by the, the late, the great Leonard Cohen. And I think it speaks very wonderfully to the sermon of healing and brokenness. Oh, gather up the brokenness and bring it to me now. The fragrance of those promises you never dared to vow. The splinters that you carried, the cross you left behind, come healing of the body, come healing of the mind. And let the heavens hear it, the penitential hymn, come healing of the spirit, come healing of the limb. Behold the gates of mercy in arbitrary space, and none of us deserving the cruelty or the grace. Oh, solitude of longing, where love has been confined. Come, healing of the body. Come, healing of the mind. Oh, see the darkness yielding that tore the light apart. Come, healing of the reason. Come healing of the heart. Troubledness concealing an undivided love. The heart beneath is teaching to the broken heart above. And let the heavens falter and let the earth proclaim come healing of the altar come healing of the name a longing of the branches to lift the little bud a longing of the arteries to purify the blood and let the heavens hear it the penitential hymn come healing of the spirit come healing of the limb oh let the heavens hear it the penitential hymn come healing of the spirit Come healing of the limb. And there you have it, a sermon and a song. Hope you are inspired, fortified, challenged by these podcasts, and 
and also willing to donate to support our ministry in the heart of Milwaukee. Online, go to www.redeemermilwaukee.org. An old-fashioned paper check means no fees for you or for me. Redeemer Church, 631 North 19th Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53233. That's Redeemer Church, 631 North 19th Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53233. Until next time, may our gracious God increase your hope, strengthen your faith, deepen your capacity for love, and grant you peace.